0: Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Teeson here with Life Coach Cindy Chavez. Today is Wednesday, October the 7th, 2020. It's 4 p.m. New York time and wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And this is a special show because this is our introduction to what we talk about here on the podcast to a local television audience here in the town where Louise and I live, Simsbury, Connecticut. This is uh, going into the Simsbury Local Access Channel, and so we want to welcome people who are tuning in and wondering what the heck this L.O.A. Today thing is all about. We're going to explain it to you. This is sort of our introductory episode. I um, will give you kind of a quick overview of it, and then I'll introduce my friend Cindy, who is an absolutely wonderful life coach, coach rather. boy, my excuse my English, my, my lips are not talking to my teeth today. <laughs> But anyway, um, Law of Attraction, you may have heard of the movie The Secret that came out, uh, let's see, it would have been 14 years ago. And in fact, uh, there's another version of it, a a fiction version that came out, was supposed to uh, be in theaters this year, but obviously COVID affected that. It was called uh, The Secret, Dare to Dream. You may have heard of that one. But the basic idea that most of those movies were, were putting out there was what's known as the Law of Attraction, which is essentially the same thing as what Christians call sowing and reaping. Um, just basically, what you put out there is going to indicate what you're what you're getting back in your life experience, and it applies to all are, all areas of our life experiences. Um, I do this podcast with eight co-hosts. One of those others is a gentleman named, named Daniel Mangano, who lives in Mexico, of all places, um, which is interesting because he's from uh, the South African continent. Continent, but. Um, Daniel uh, is an expert on attracting money into his life. He's a money coach. And the way he teaches it is you really want to start with a a very basic idea. That idea is that whenever we talk about anything that happens in our lives, anything that comes into our lives, any experiences we have, the one thing that we need to come to agreement on is that we ourselves are the common denominator in those experiences and if we can agree on that and realize that that we are the common denominator then it becomes possible and even easy to explain why things happen to us in our lives so that's where daniel comes from so that gives you a couple perspectives but i'm going to give you a third perspective by bringing in my friend cindy chavez cindy is contacting us today from baton rouge louisiana and hi cindy how you doing how's it going
1: i'm doing well
0: good to hear and Good I love the flowers. Them. You always have really nice flowers in the background. I got some sunflowers there. It looks really pretty.
2: Yeah, right? Aren't they yeah. pretty? And they're like, they're very big.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's hard oh, to yeah.
2: see it. You know, they're so far behind me. They look small in the video screen, but they're, they're gorgeous. Thank you. Flowers, uh, you and I did a show years ago and we talked about 10 things that were scientifically proven to create more happiness in your life. Mm. And fresh flowers in the house were on that list. And we didn't write the list; we got it from right. uh, some news source that was had scientists that had went out to discover what makes people happy. Fresh flowers in the house were on the list, and um I, I was totally on board with that. I, I've always loved them, so they they have been for probably a decade on the grocery list. They just there's always fresh flowers. On
0: ah, them. all right, everything's <laughs> awesome. cool. Very good. Well, Cindy is a professional life coach and you've been doing that for over a decade. How long have you been doing it now? Um, since 2009, 2009. So 11 years now. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And, uh, I can tell you from personal experience, having done podcasts with her for many years now, she is an excellent life coach and really knows the subject. She specializes particularly in uh, relationships, interpersonal relationships, all kinds of relationships, really. So she'll be bringing that perspective. But Cindy, when you are explaining these concepts for the first time, how do you go about it? Where do you start?
2: (laughs) That's a great question. Where do you start? Because (laughs) it seems like a really big concept, but... The basic concept is that everything has a vibration, an actual energetic vibration. And we know that if we take, I love this example about vibration, you know, because we hear people say good vibes, things like that, right? The Beach Boys song, Good Vibrations, and that doesn't seem tangible, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as cool as it is, like we go to a party, oh, there was just good vibes. We had fun. Everybody was happy and laughing. We understand it, but it's not real tangible. But there are some tangible examples, and that is that energy entrains to itself. So if you're familiar with a tuning fork, right, and what happens with two tuning forks, how they will start to sing the same song, so to speak. Or if you have two grandfather clocks, in a room and the pendulums are swinging in opposite time,
1: mm-hmm.
2: eventually they will start swinging together That's because,
1: true.
2: because energy entrains to itself. So whatever energy, whatever vibration we have in our own energy level, we will start to entrain to things that match it. And something that I think is important to remember is that, well, you might remember the number. I never remember this number. I need to get it in a post-it and stick it right here on my computer so I don't forget <laughs> it. But the number of bits of information that's coming at us every day—oh,
0: yeah, it, it is tens of thousands.
2: It's so huge yeah. that it would overwhelm us and mentally and, and emotionally just cripple us if we actually could take it all in. So we don't take it all in. We filter almost everything out. And we just process the information that makes sense. And so it makes sense that sometimes we have a certain set of beliefs or expectations might be even better. And that we see those things over and over and over because it's like the norm for us. And just think about if our norm is I don't feel too good and I don't like my life very much and I'm not crazy about my job, and my relationships kind of suck. And, you know, if that's kind of our assessment, and that's what we expect, then that's probably what we're going to just keep experiencing, because that's how we're looking at things. You know, there's a verse that gets attributed to Aeneas Nin, but it's actually from the Talmud. And even in her writing, she says, this is from the Talmud. But the, the verse says, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. And so what I think about this idea of law of attraction is that it's another famous quote. It, when, we, when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. So most of us come into these kind of, ideas because we're wanting something different because we've decided we want to have a different kind of life and we learn about the idea that we have power to create a different kind of life and if you think about we use this power all the time and when we when we when we get out of our chair and we walk into the other room and we get an apple out of the basket or a book off the shelf we've just used our creative power we've we've moved ourselves in a direction towards what we want, right? I think that's all it is. It's just on a bigger level.
0: That's a good way to describe that. I like that. And the fact is that even though it can seem kind of preposterous, what we're talking about, it really, it's a phenomenon that really does exist. And it, it literally defines and controls everything that happens in our lives. It's just that we have been taught by our society, by our cultures, that everything that happens to us happens to us outside of our control and we're kind of like you know boats floating on the ocean at the whims of the tide so to speak right it's, it's, a, it's a very disconcerting image and yet it's the image that i think you know kind of dominates the way most people think about this stuff
2: and i think that you know that is that is our dominant sort of belief because there are many things we don't have control over Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, things are going to happen. The sun rises every morning and it doesn't matter how hard I try to stop it. It's (laughs) going to rise.
0: Right. What You can't stop the sunrise. What's wrong with you?
2: (laughs) Certain things I don't have control over and I shouldn't have control over. Right. (laughs) Right. But I think that when you start playing with these concepts a little bit and sure, we can, we've all heard someone say that, uh, something one person calls a miracle or magic and someone else says it's just a coincidence right it's like oh my goodness i was just thinking of my friend i hadn't talked to in six months and the phone rang and it was her right coincidence Mm -hmm. Um, and we can say coincidence and actually it is it's two incidents that coincide they happened at the same time i thought of you the phone rang so we can call that a synchronicity which just means it's in sync. Those two things were in sync, in alignment with each other. So we can say coincidence, but I tell you, when you start playing with these concepts, there will come a time when it will be so fantastic that there's no way you can really call it a coincidence. <laughs> it's like how, there's no way that could be a coincidence because it's just too much. And I, it reminds me of Pam Grout's book with the experiments and your experiment with that book right. and my experiment. Tell with tell, that.
0: Pe- tell our listeners about that book because obviously most listeners on the um, the local cable access will not have heard of that one.
2: So there's a book by an author named Pam Grout and now I'm there's two there's more than one book so I'm trying to think of the uh, title of the first one. Is it E squared?
0: E squared, yeah,
1: right.
2: Okay. Um, That book, this author is explaining these concepts that we're talking about today about the law of attraction or what I like to call conscious creation because I like to be conscious about whatever I'm creating. That's the whole point of being able to use this idea is to decide you want to create something and create it consciously. And Pam Grout's book has a a series of experiments, and I love the way this book is written because on each experiment, she has you look at this the same way any scientist would look at doing an experiment. You're going to write your name and the date and the time and what you are wanting to create. And then you're going to see if it happens. And, you know, if it doesn't happen, you just record it. And it oh, well, nothing happened. Or something different happened. Or the thing ha-, Just like you would. There's no judgment around it. Like, oh, I didn't do this right. It didn't yeah. happen. Right? It's just. And when Pam's second book came out, I was in a group of people and someone mentioned it and I hadn't heard, I didn't know there was a second book. So I got excited because I loved the first book uh, and I put it on my uh, shopping list there. And then I went and grabbed the first book off the shelf and thought I'm going to reacquaint myself with these ideas. So the very, one of the very first ideas, I don't know if that's exactly the first one. I had a bookmark in my book and I just opened it to the page where the bookmark was. Cool. And the bookmark said it was a one page experiment, super simple. Ask for something and say that you want it to happen within forty eight hours, I think. Mark the date and the time, write down what you're asking for, and then that's it. That was
1: <laughs> no, the experiment, yeah. Just
2: see if it happens. <laughs> so the question what what do you want? And I decided to pick something you know, not world peace or a brand new Mercedes or something that I, that I didn't think was too possible to happen in 48 hours. So I, I love owls. And I just said, I'll, I'll have an owl. I actually wrote, I'll have an owl, please.
0: Sounds good. <laughs> I love it.
2: And then my brain, and we talk about, well, and I talk about this a lot. My brain immediately started to figure out how it was going to happen. Right. Because the only time I've ever seen an owl in real life, a real life owl, was at the Renaissance Fair where they have the falconers there. And they usually have someone that's got an owl. And I've walked up and taken a picture with it. But that's it. But my brain immediately said, well, um, I'll probably get a, a greeting card in the mail that'll have an owl on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or I'll be in the grocery store and I'll see a child in the cart with a little owl stuffed animal.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or maybe I'll buy a product, and I'll notice when I get home, oh, my goodness, look, this this product has an owl, a little owl on the label. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I had all these thoughts. And then I decided, you know, I didn't know how it was going to show up, but I just knew that it would. I had a very keen sense that it was going to show up. I was, I just, I knew it would show up. I just didn't know how. And about, I think I wrote down, 26 hours or so later. I was sitting at my desk, and I was sitting right where I am here, and I was turned this way, and there's a big window right here. And the window is about four feet wide, and it's floor-to-ceiling. And I heard a sound. I was writing, and I heard a sound. (sighs) And I looked up, and there was an owl that's wingspan was wider than the window, and it was hitting my window as up the side of the building hit my window like tick tick tick,
1: tick, so tick. Flapping, it was looking flapping.
2: at me yeah it was looking me in the eye and flapping and going up 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 until it was gone it took my breath away i didn't know whether to laugh or cry or scream i i i, I was like stuttering and i grabbed the phone and i called my husband because he knew that i had written this down i said you're not going to believe what just happened. <laughs> i was freaked out and but what was so funny is I looked at it and I saw it and I thought, oh my gosh, that was an owl. And then it hit me. It was like there was a little bit of a delay and then it hit me. Oh, that's the owl.
1: Yes, that's the it, owl.
2: That's <laughs> the owl. I live in a city. Um, I live on a busy corner, uh, a main north-south throughway. I don't live off in the woods. <laughs> I don't live near the Renaissance <laughs> Fair or a zoo or anything like that. Um, and so it was remarkable. And, That was one of those times that we really, when things like this happen in your life over and over and over, it's harder and harder to say. Just a coincidence.
0: Yeah, what happens over time with these things, and now this is a particularly outstanding example. Most examples are much more mundane than that one. But as we experience these, uh, even the mundane ones over time, what happens is we start with the phrase mere coincidence. And then over time, the word mere drops out of the sentence. (laughs) <laughs> because we begin to realize there's no such thing as a mere coincidence. Coincidences are cool. And they happen whenever we focus our attention with great intent, with great emotion, with great belief. It'll show up. We can't tell you what the timeline is going to be, but True. it will show up. And and one of the things that I am now very well known to with the hundreds of listeners who listen to the regular podcast. By the way, this podcast to local uh, cable access listeners watching for the first time, this is a podcast that we record five days a week. So, and I've been doing it for eight years. So you can imagine I've done quite a few episodes of the podcast with Cindy and with seven other co-hosts. And, you know, over time, you kind of build up kind of a repertoire of these experiences. And so it doesn't take long before you finally get to the point and say, these coincidences are so cool, but how many of them do I miss? That's something that I've been talking about a lot lately. It's amazing to me. I've I've been doing some other experiments kind of similar to what you talked about um, with a couple of other co-hosts with kind of programs that they do. And I am just blown away. One of them is a money experiment trying to attract just money out of thin air, not money that you go out and earn, which is also legitimate attraction. But, I mean, this is just money that comes to you because that's much more cool. It's more fun, right? Right.
2: We
0: call that blue money. Blue money, yeah, right. (laughs) Money out of the blue. Find and a
2: $5 bill on the sidewalk. <laughs> my biggest
0: problem is I've I will. i, I I've done this numerous times. I get involved in doing the program. Okay, so I'm going to sit down. I write down the things you're supposed to write down, and I, I do all the steps. And then money shows up, and I forget.
1: <laughs> I forget
0: that the money is connected to the thing I asked for. And it, it's actually happened twice in the last month where I talked on the show about how the thing hadn't shown up yet, and then all of a sudden I did the, you know, the V8 moment. Like, oh, my God, it did show up, and I, I did it again. I didn't <laughs> notice it. My point being, things happen all the time like this that we don't pay attention to. Why is that?
2: Well, this reminds me of the story that uh, happened to me recently, hearing a a friend of mine tell a story about being in an airport and deciding and realizing her bag was way too heavy. Mm. And she did not, she was in line and she did not want, you know, to have a big hassle about the bag and be charged a bunch of extra money and all that kind of stuff. And so she recognizes these kind of clarity of thought and thought power. And she, so she made an intention that she would kind of just get waved on through and everything would be fine and they wouldn't care that her bag was way over the weight. Um, and she also said she made an intention at the same moment that whoever she was sitting next to would be somebody really nice, that they hit it off. You know, you're on a long flight, you want to be, have a nice conversation. But then she added a third thing. She said, and the third thing is that I want to see someone that's on the show Saturday Night Live.
1: <laughs> whoa, whoa, Which whoa. Was like, what? I, you
2: know, I was, I was kind of listening to the story, and then when she said that, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, and so, yes, she got waved right through. Yes, she got seated next to a seatmate that they really hit it off and probably are now lifelong friends, just love talking to each other.
0: Which is fabulous.
2: And then – and they were not in a part of a country. They weren't in New York or somewhere where you would think of Saturday Night Live being, right? Um, and then she said she was facing the friend. So the friend could see behind her. She could see behind the friend. All of a sudden, the friend starts waving and smiling. And she turns around to see what the friend. She said, oh, she must see somebody she knows. She turns around to see, and it's someone from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> okay, so this really impressed me. Because what impressed me was her take on it, because she said what you just said. She said, wow, I made an intention for these three things, and they all happened. But would I ever have really thought twice about my bag being waved through and about meeting this great person Mm. if that third kind of weird, unusual thing wouldn't have happened, right? Right? Because we wouldn't normally say, well, I I wanted a great seatmate, and I got a great seatmate. Oh, what a coincidence. You know,
1: I mean, you wouldn't think that
2: that was such a big deal. So I couldn't stop thinking about it. I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And like three nights later, I was awake in the middle of the night, which sometimes happens. (laughs) And I was just laying there thinking about things that I needed to have happen or things that I needed to get done. And some of them were like that, right, kind of mundane, like, oh, I hope that. I hope the bag charge doesn't happen and I, you know, I hope I meet some nice people. You know, they were kind of like normal-ish things like that. I, I thought, yeah, that would be great. And yeah, that would be great. And then it hit me that I had just kind of made two intentions that were kind of boring. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did want them to happen, but they weren't exciting. And I used to, for a period of like three years, 10 years ago, I used to find playing cards everywhere. Like I'd be at the grocery store and there'd be a playing card on the thing, or I'd be at the gas station, I'd look at them, there's a playing card by my foot. And it just was kind of fun. So I said to myself, Oh, I need a third intention. I would I would like to find a playing card somewhere again just because it's fun. That's it. No other reason. Okay. okay. Twenty-four hours later, I guess maybe thirty-six hours later, because it certainly wasn't the middle of the night, uh, my husband and I are going for a walk. And we're in our neighborhood walking around, and I look down. We're crossing a street. I look down, and there's a playing card right there in the street that looked like it had been run over by many cars. Yeah. And I screamed at my husband, oh, I did this. Yeah. I did this. <laughs> and he was looking at me like,
1: well, what? what what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, he
2: lives with me, so he sees this kind of thing all the time. <laughs> but I, I started telling him the story I just told you, I told him my friend's story, and then I told him about laying in bed, not being able to sleep, thinking of two things. I said, I made an intention for – and then I realized I couldn't remember. I could not remember those first two things, which told me that they probably did happen because I wasn't worrying about them that they didn't happen. I couldn't even remember what they were.
1: Right. And
2: that's when it hit me. The same thing that hit her, right, is how many times – Do we intend for something and it happens and we're so used to that, that number one, we don't even recognize the miracle of it. And number two, we don't ever recognize our own creative power in speaking it.
0: And we don't even recognize that it happened.
2: Right. We're we're oblivious to it. All the time. and We don't think about it. We don't give it two thoughts. Yeah.
0: So for somebody who is hearing this for the first time, I'm sure there are a number of skeptics who are looking at this, maybe <laughs> five minutes before they switch channels. But if they're hanging on for, for just this long, let's let's talk about why they are perceiving that all this is a bunch of hooey and, and that it never actually happens to them.
2: Well, um, maybe because they've already decided that it's a bunch of hooey and it doesn't happen. So we talked about all that information that gets filtered out. Mm-hmm. Part of our brain has a system called a reticular activation system. That is there for our survival, like we said, to filter out. It's sensory gates to filter out all the stuff that we can't handle too much. And I don't mean stressful things that I can't handle. That I don't mean it that way. I just mean information. We can only handle so much information. Imagine, um, was it the movie um, Bruce Almighty that Jim Carrey was in where he was he was suddenly God.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And
2: he was hearing the prayers of like every single person on the planet. And he was like about to tear his <laughs> hair out. <right>? It's kind of <laughs> like that. Can you imagine like we've all, we've all had a situation where too many people were talking at once mm, and you yeah. just can't. Right. So we filter things out. And so the, the way you always hear people explain reticular activation is think about you go buy a new car and you haven't seen any of these cars in your neighborhood in the particular color that you got in the particular style. And then you get on the interstate and start driving back to your house and you see like they're everywhere. Right. Right. That That's the example that you hear all the time. But there's something deeper there. It's that if it's meant to protect me. So if I'm asleep in bed at night and there is a tree branch that, Knocks against my window when the wind happens, and it always does that. I probably it won't wake me up because it's just a normal thing that happens and I right. sleep through it
0: yeah it, it bothered can't... you the first time it happened the first time you moved in you experienced it like, oh my God what's going on but right for while you got used to it
2: but if a person were to show up and knock on my window oh it would be just different enough yeah. probably to get a response from me so this this mechanism is very sensitive. And I'll tell you, I was explaining this to a friend of mine about 10 years ago. And I was visiting her, and I was at her house, and I told her this. And she said, well, that might work for, that example might work for some people. But she said, nobody has a car like mine. <laughs> because it's 15 years old, and it's this particular color, and it has a gold package on it. She said, who puts a gold package on a you know, a, a, a Toyota or whatever it was? And she's, she's explaining why her car is so unique that there is just no way. And I said, okay, well, you know, but you know what I mean. So we, we get in her car to go to eat brunch somewhere that is about two miles from her house. And we saw three cars exactly like hers, just in that span.
0: With the gold plating?
2: Yeah, with the gold package and everything. Oh, my goodness. Same color, same year, same gold package. And she just was shaking her head. She just said, I, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> and it was really great because it shows us that once we get focused on a certain thing, we will see it. Yeah. Right? We'll see it. And so, you know, we won't get into the real deep you know, science and all of that about it, but it's the idea that everything you want is already there. It's already in your experience. You know, we, we, we can go down those rabbit holes of getting into the many worlds theory and, you know, all of this stuff. But we don't have to, really, if you just recognize. And I would say these are the, these are the most fun kind of experiments.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's just say you're going to look for You want to notice something. I'm going to notice today if I see any, I don't know, you know, do you drive a lot? If I see any green Volkswagens or something, you know, just pick something and then just pay attention. For, with no, with no uh, real attachment to right or wrong, or if it happens or if it doesn't, or if you see it or if you don't, you know, it's just, just let's just see. It's just a game. Just make a game out of it, and it's,
1: it's a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: it is a lot of fun. There's no doubt about it. Uh, now, I also want to point out, this isn't just about bringing things into your life. No. It's about people and events and experiences and changes in your life. It's it—it's literally your entire life experience. In fact, uh, while we won't go down those rabbit holes as you were talking about, we'll save that for other episodes. I will mention one rabbity holeish thing, if I can coin a phrase, which is if you are willing to focus on just trying like a, a little experiment. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about the experiment uh, that, uh, it came from the E squared book that you mentioned that I uh, that I tried and had an interesting experience yes. <laughs> with. Yes. In my case it was just having an experience. I wasn't attracting a thing. I just wanted the thing I asked for was in general I don't care what it is. Just bring me something that shows me that the law of attraction works. Anything. And do it within 24 hours and that was literally the way Pam Grout in her book laid it out She said just do it this way you write it out and it's like you said you write on a piece of paper your name the date all that kind of stuff right so now i have to admit like most people i'm a little bit lazy when it comes to doing these exercises so i said oh i don't i don't want to take the time to write all this stuff out but okay well i kind of agreed that i was going to do it you know like a little contract with myself so before I tell you what happened, I've got to give you a little backstory Because about three to four hours before that, I was doing something I don't do a lot of. I was interacting on social media, on Facebook. And uh, there are a number of groups. If you're interested in, in exploring law of attraction more, that's an, an interesting way to kind of get your feet wet, is look at some of the, uh, the groups that are there. Don't take everything that you read there literally. A lot of it's misinformation. But it's still interesting to look at. And there are a lot of groups you can, there are a whole bunch you can join. So I was uh, interacting with them because I like to try to help people out. People often will post questions about, you know, well, I'm running into this experience and I'm not getting the result I want and so on and so forth. You know, what am I doing wrong? That kind of thing. So I like to occasionally help people out. Well, that particular day, it was a Sunday. That particular day, for some reason, it's like half the posts were all about people seeing numeric combinations. For some reason, a lot of people who get into this get into numeric combinations. Personally, I've never seen the attraction of it. It doesn't really attract me, but... Hey, you know, whatever. So, you know, people were saying, well, why am I always seeing 444 4, 4, or 555 5, 5, or 222 2, 2, or 1234? 2, and they were getting frantic about it. I was saying, calm down. It's not a big deal. You know, okay. <laughs> so what happens? You're, you know, It's like you were talking about the RAS, you know, you, you focus on something, it becomes more and more part of Quiet. your awareness. You know, finally, I just had enough of it. I said, okay, I'm done with social media today. I've done my 20 minutes, you know. Went away from it, and then later on, I decided to read the book, because this was actually a copy you had given me as a gift for Mm -hmm. when you first came on the show, which was really nice of you. Well, okay, so I I read that first uh, section, and then I get to the first exercise, which is the one I just described, where I'm just asking for the universe to deliver to me some, some kind of proof of the law of attraction. And I went to... Write on the paper that I really didn't want to write on, but I pulled the paper out anyway. I said, okay, let's just do it right. So I wrote my name down, and then I wrote date, and I looked at my clock on my iPhone, and the clock said 5.55, <laughs> 5.55. And I just burst out laughing. Like, I love oh, this you've story
1: so much. <laughs>
0: And, and, of course, the way she has you do the form is start of experiment, end of experiment. I put the same time for both of them. <laughs> it, it was instantaneous. Done. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be attracting a thing. It can be an experience, and the experience is just as useful.
2: Well, and here's here, here's the, the thing. Uh, we mostly want to attract things because we think that attracting those things will make us feel a certain way. And so we actually can just go straight to the feeling that we want to experience and use these kind of ideas to give us the feelings we want to experience. Like it's all, everything's happening in our head, right? You know when people say, oh, it's all in your head. I'm like, everything's happening in our head. There's nothing that we experience that isn't just happening in
1: our head.
0: This is true. It's a crazy thing. It, it, it's actually one of those rabbit hole things that, again, we won't go into great detail about. But here's a little bit of a, of a mind twister for you if you want to consider that idea further. Can you imagine any event that you are aware of, that you are in some way involved with, that does not involve you in your head? Because if you can do that, please send an email to walt at LOAToday.net and explain to me how you did it. Because to the best of my knowledge, it can't be done.
2: I don't know how it would be done. I don't know either. Yes. Yeah. So
0: there's so a that's, simple, there's a little rabbit hole. It's a very shallow one.
2: <laughs> Small <laughs> rabbits. Yeah. So I, you know, it's a, it's a fun thing to play with, but moving past that, it can have such a great, you know, uh, empowering effect to you when you realize that, mm-hmm. that your experience you may not have any control over circumstances, right? but you always have control over how you respond to a circumstance. The story that you tell about the circumstance. And that story creates feelings that you have, which create your actions and your behavior, which it's all wrapped up in what you are experiencing every day. So. I always call this radical responsibility. It doesn't mean I'm at fault or to blame for every single thing. It is not it's not a blame the victim kind of thing, where if something terrible happens to me, it was my fault. That's not it at all. We live on earth. Sometimes terrible things happen. But, however, the story that I want to tell about that thing, we often tell a story that makes whatever we've experienced mean something about us. Mm. And it doesn't have to mean anything about me, right? It's just something happened. And I get to choose the thoughts I have around it. And that will affect everything in my life. And if we go back to the grandfather clock with the pendulum swinging together, It's that it will have a ripple effect. The story I tell about one area or one experience is going to have a ripple effect in my life and affect how I see everything and affect how I experience everything. So this is all in the service of experiencing better feelings and better outcomes.
0: Now that's a very important thing, and I think this leads nicely into your strongest area of expertise as a life coach. Um, Now, you are a certified life coach. You actually got training for this many years ago, and you've been doing it in practice for quite some time now. And while you are able to help people in all areas of their lives, not surprisingly, probably because of your own background, you tend to attract people who are looking for help with relationships, particularly interpersonal relationships with uh, spouses and so forth, but really any kinds of relationships. Mm -hmm. So... Now let's, let's see if we can make the rubber hit the road, so to speak. When you're talking okay. to somebody who's looking for help, they may, or not, they may or may not know anything about law of attraction, but they know that you have this experience. So they're looking for help from you. Maybe they, want, maybe they don't have a, a lover in their life. And they want to have somebody in their life. Maybe they're having trouble with an existing relationship. Maybe they're married and the marriage is having trouble. Maybe it's a relationship with a parent situation that's difficult. Or maybe it's an employer situation, whatever it is. Talk a little bit about the kinds of stuff that people talk about, and and let's tie it into the, these concepts we've been talking about here, the law of attraction concepts.
1: Yeah,
2: well, and all of those things happen. People uh, that are having some kind of relationship struggle with a business partner, with a, with a life partner, with a child, with a parent, with a friend, with a neighbor, whatever. Um, and one of the first things that I always want to do – when I start working with someone who's having those kind of things is to turn the focus inward and take a look at what I, I always look at all of our relationships as a big mirror for us. And so looking into that mirror, when we think of an actual mirror, if I go check the mirror before the podcast, we're on video. Now I go check the mirror.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: What am I looking for? I'm looking to see if my hair is a mess. I'm looking to see if I have, you know, spinach salad in my teeth from lunch. I'm looking to see if my, you know, eyeliner is a wreck. Uh, And so what do I do if I get to the mirror and I see that my lipstick is all over one side of my face? What do I do? Do I rush over to the computer, get on Amazon, order a new mirror? Gosh, this mirror.
1: That's like not what I do.
2: Do I do I take the mirror and throw it in the trash because it <laughs> showed me something? No. I wash my face, put the lipstick back on right, brush my teeth, get the spinach out of my teeth, whatever. And then I check the mirror. I say, okay, it's looking better now. So what did I just do? I just took responsibility for what I was seeing ah. in the mirror I didn't blame the mirror. I didn't throw the mirror out. I didn't break up with the mirror. I didn't decide I need to get a new mirror. (laughs) But this is what happens. Now, I always make this disclaimer. Having been in an abusive relationship and being an expert on conflict and abusive relationships, I'm not talking about abusive relationships. If you are in a relationship and you're being physically or emotionally abused, uh, get yourself help. Get safe. You know, it's okay to say you want to be away from people who are abusing you. And so I'm not talking about abusive relationships. But even the best relationships, right, have their moments. Mm -hmm. Even, And we we often have situations. um, I work with some people as their coach, some people that are executives and some people that are uh, in business together. And there are often, uh, you know, conflicts. And these are all great people, but we're human and we have conflicts. We see things differently than other people sometimes. And and most of the people I've worked with in these situations are very good at maneuvering their way through life and relationships. Like, they're great people and they're not, you know, struggling every day. But they come to me because, okay, this is what's coming up. And I've taught them so well, some of the people that work with me have worked with me over time, that they will call me now, and they will tell me about conversations that they had where they realized that the other person was showing them very clearly was a mirror for them. Ah, yes. Right? And so that's the first thing I I want to do because it's really interesting, you know, when people find out what I do. Sometimes people say, well, what do you do? I say, oh, I'm a relationship coach oh, you need to talk to my sister. <laughs> or they'll say, my I, you need to talk to my husband, right? It's always like someone else that right? needs the fixing, right? But really, when we make the adjustments within ourselves, then when we look in the mirror, we see something different. And so it's always the first place to go is to ask yourself, um, how is this a reflection of what's going on within me? And there are two ways that I see that mostly shows up. Um, You know, you talked at the beginning of our show today about uh, the Christian concept of you reap what you sow. Right. And I can tell you that we've been doing some gardening since COVID happened. And we planted some cucumbers. And, I mean, I can go out there every day and take great care of them, but they are not going to be watermelons. They're just not. Because the seeds were for cucumbers and that's all they know how to grow. And so one way I, <clears throat> I had this experience myself of I thought, gosh, I think I'm a pretty good person. And I really try hard to be a good person and to be kind and generous and compassionate, and laid back and all those things that we want to be. And I've always been taught that you reap what you sow. And that if you're good to people, people will be good to you. And now I'm in this situation where I'm being really good to someone, they are not being good back to me. What is the deal? What am I doing wrong? And so there is that, right? I can ask myself, gosh, this person's really rude to me, and I can say, well, where am I being rude? And I might have a moment where I think, oh, yeah, I've been, I really have been being rude to this person lately. And now it's coming back to me from that person over there. I see how this works. But it's not always like that. There's a second way that mirror can show up. And that is the way I think it mostly shows up, especially with people who have practiced some level of personal growth. Mm. And that is, it's not about how you're treating other people. It's about how you're treating yourself. And I recognized when this happened with me that I was tolerating abuse. So what kind of message was I putting out there with that vibration? But, well, that that's
0: a bit video? of a shock to come to that realization. You were abusing yourself in a sense, but you didn't intend to. Yes,
2: because I looked at it this way. This person is not respecting me. Why is that happening? Well, it was because I didn't respect my, myself enough to say this is not okay. Oh. Right? And the thought I had at the time was, you know, if I had a little pet Or maybe a small child, and a new neighbor came over to meet me, and then started insulting my little dog, or my or my my toddler. I I would not allow that for two seconds. There's no way. I would say you you need to go.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm not going to sit here in my living room and insult my my babies. Right. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But that why? Well, because I. I I care about them, and I have respect for them, and I don't want to see someone disrespect them. Mm -hmm. Well, I was allowing someone to disrespect me. So that was what the mirror was showing me. It was showing me how I respect myself, the level of care I give myself. And so those are the two ways that I see life and all of our relationships. And the more intimate the relationship, the more, you know those mirrors? Have you ever been in, like, Brookstone or somewhere, and they have these mirrors that are like, 20 time magnifying mirrors
1: oh yeah right look
2: into them and you go ah like (laughs) no i don't want to see that (laughs) the more intimate your relationship the more magnifying effect there is sometimes
1: true that
2: reflection coming back at you but if you're willing to if you're willing to to let this be to let your relationships be a mirror oh my goodness it'll change your whole life It can change everything. If you're willing to look within and and be honest with yourself and realize that, okay, this thing I'm complaining about, I'm kind of doing the same thing over here. (laughs) (laughs) It's often the case.
1: It is, yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: Yeah. and if you're not doing the same thing to others, you you might be doing the same thing to yourself. You might be treating yourself in that way.
0: One of the ways that you and I have talked about fairly recently that we can easily do that without realizing it, is particularly when we're trying to learn early on how this whole law of attraction, this LOA thing, as we call it, works. And so, you know, we start discounting because we didn't notice that X happened or that Y happened, and we start deciding, oh, it isn't really working for me. And then we start coming up with more reasons why it's not going to work, and then we continue to get more reasons, and, of course, nothing ever works. You know, we, we start building all this stuff up. And then finally... The, an event happens or a thing happens or an experience happens that catches our attention like the mirror does. Yeah. And, and when it captures our attention, it's almost a shock. Mm-hmm. It is a shock really, mm-hmm. because we just discovered for the first time that I don't really respect myself. And and the particular example I was thinking about, like I said, was a few shows ago where you pointed out, it's so easy for us to be say out to dinner with friends and the friend says oh i'll get this i'll get the check and what's our typical response to that oh no no oh, no no, no, no. <laughs> we won't receive the gift that has been given to us
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's i mean how disrespectful to ourselves is that
1: yeah
0: a gift has been offered to us and we won't accept it
1: yeah
0: wow yeah
2: and and that you know that's a it's a really good thing that you brought up because for someone who is just hearing these kind of ideas that, that's one of one of the best things that you can do is decide that you're going to be a better receiver, like we've been brought up with these ideas like it's better to give than to receive mm-hmm. and they giving and receiving are two sides of the same coin they are you can't you can't have a giver without a receiver that's true, so one isn't better than the other. We, we really probably what the best idea is concerning that is to give as much as you receive Yep. or receive as often as you give, right? Because then there's some balance there. Mm-hmm. If all I ever do is receive, 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 then I'm going to start looking like a taker, 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 right? And I never give. And you, we've all had experience like that before. It's like, oh, this person. It's like, they, they never contribute. You know, they just want to have, and, and then and there's the other side. The other side yeah. If we just give 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 we will deplete ourselves we will we will end up being resentful at some point at some point every person i know that has come to me as a client that has been one of those people that everyone would say they are the most generous person they are so giving they are so loving they are so compassionate at some point they realize that They are the one always giving, and no one's giving to them. And that also happens as a reflection, right? It happens as a reflection when when the waves, when the vibrations you're sending out are that you really don't care about receiving. You just want to give. Receiving doesn't really mean that much to you. You don't really care. That's the message you're sending out when you never receive. When every time someone goes to pick up that check and you say, no, 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 I'll get it. What are you telling, you know, the universe, so to speak? You're saying, no, 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 no. I want to do it. And then at some point, there's that aha moment of feeling resentful because, well, I'm always the one that does it. It's like, but but you did that. You chose that, right? So I would say, this is like the best advice for anybody that wants to start coming into these kind of ideas. And that is, Decide you're going to be a better receiver, because that's a that's a big problem for a lot of people. Like most people are are okay with giving, but they have a hard time receiving. So just learn how. This the, when I talk about this, it sounds like it should be so easy, but it's so hard for some people, <laughs> and it's been hard for me. Learn how to say thank you. Oh yeah. Right? You go to get the check, and someone says, "Oh, I'll get the check." Just say. Well, thank
1: you.
0: That's it. That's it.
2: You don't have to say anything else.
0: No justifications, <laughs> no no necessity to, oh, geez, well, I guess you've given this so many other times that maybe I should do something right. <laughs> like that. No, it's just thank you. We're it's like just, talking ourselves
2: into thinking it's okay to right, receive. Right. Right. Just be grateful and say thank you.
0: Oh, by the way, there's an adjunct that I think goes along with that, that Louise and I, it's kind of like a little pet peeve of ours, which is, there are, there's a phrase that follows that that has fallen out of favor, and that is, you're welcome. Because that is a way of appreciation, appreciating the appreciation.
2: Or well, the one I like, my pleasure. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and the one I don't like, no problem.
0: No problem. Oh.
2: <laughs> it's like, you know, I wouldn't be doing this if it was any kind of problem, believe me, but it's no problem. It's like, no, I, I love, thank you, and you're welcome. <laughs> thank you, my pleasure. I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to
0: do it. In fact, on the whole topic of if it's better to give and receive, which we, I think, agree is a ridiculous uh, platitude, there's at least some value to it. The way I like to turn it around, you described very nicely how you turn it around. I explain it as it's fun to give and it's fun to receive.
2: Yes. Yeah. They they both are really fun. You know, uh, my husband and I were in a coffee shop a year or so ago before this pandemic we were in a coffee shop and we were standing behind this couple in line and it was taking them forever. (laughs) (laughs) We, I mean, they were ordering like a lot of stuff, I guess. And we were standing and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then, and they never really, they didn't talk to us or anything. They were talking to the, the, the barista and then they, they left. They said, okay. And they said, have a great day to us. And we said, thank you. And they left. Then we moved up to the counter and the barista, was watching them go and watching them until they were like out of sight. And then he looked at us and said, "Uh, the people ahead of you put $20 towards your order. Oh, wow. And they, he said, and they didn't want you to know it was them. So they wanted to be out of sight by the time you found out. And we were like, wow. And so we were getting like, you know, a couple of coffees. And we had $15 worth of change they were giving us back. And we said, no, 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 just whoever comes behind us. Because there was no one behind us. We were like, the next people that come in, please, you know, put that towards their order. And so we had this experience where we were actually receivers and givers, like, in the same moment. Right. Same exchange. And it felt so good. We were, like, so happy to have that happen. And, you know, it was $20. Yeah. It's, like, amazing. One year, at it was tax day, actually. We took, I don't know, $50. We changed it into $5 bills, and we just kind of randomly handed them out to people. <laughs> we'd be passing somebody on the street, we go, here, and, go, <laughs> and we'd go, have a great day. They're standing there with a $5 bill in their hand. And the reactions that we got, you would think we were handing out like $100 bills.
1: Yeah, sure. Because
2: the energy was just through the roof. People were so excited. and. It was so worth it. Like, it was so much fun for us, right? It was just great. Like, I want to do that all the time.
0: It's amazing. It's an interesting uh, experience because, I mean, we often will go off and do – various kinds of entertaining kind of activities we'll go to the movies or we'll go out to a restaurant or you know we'll go to a, a club or or maybe we're out traveling and you know we'll go to see some sort of exhibit whatever you know we don't think about spending a, a few dollars to do all that well you found a different way to spend a few dollars
2: yeah and that's the way we looked at it we were like well we could go have a few cocktails and spend 50 dollars we could go to the movie and get a popcorn and spend 50 dollars mm-hmm. the popcorn's 50
0: dollars <laughs> whoa you got expensive popcorn let me tell you <laughs> so you know i mean
2: the- but yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had so much fun and we were on a high for like the rest of the day just talking about different uh, reactions that we got, responses. It was really it was really great. So yes, it is it is wonderful to be able to give and it is equally wonderful to be able to receive.
0: Now, we only have a few minutes left in the show today, and, of course, we have to stick to a strict schedule because we're making this for television. We can't do this like we normally do. Oh, we'll just go a few minutes over. No big deal. You know, We're actually going to stick to a schedule. So in, in, in the next couple minutes, and uh, then I'll do a little final follow-up to uh, just cue listeners in on a few things that will be interesting to them about the podcast that we do. Um, but let's talk about the, the role that energy and emotion play in interacting with each other because emotion is a big deal, and we have really... We've, we've kind of indirectly touched on it, but let's really hit what's emotional about in this whole process.
2: Well, I think that it's very easy to judge where we are energetically by our emotions. Like our emotions are – some people have said our emotions are like our GPS, our, our guidance system, right, to tell us. And I know that there are a lot of different thoughts regarding this. I am one of the people who will always say every emotion is valid and important. Um, There are no good emotions and bad emotions. There are emotions that feel good and emotions that feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But I prefer to use comfortable and uncomfortable instead of good or bad, because as soon as we start talking about good or bad, we don't want anything bad because we're programmed that way. Uh, But emotions that we tend to put in that category, like anger, frustration, sadness, grief, uh, fear, Those are all really important and we should allow ourselves to experience them and then process them and understand why we're having them. So if I'm really feeling angry about something, it's information for me. It's telling me that something's not lining up with my values, that I have some value that's not being honored and that I have a need that's not being met. And I think that's probably my key message about emotions is that if your needs are met, your feelings and emotions, which are two different things, right? I can feel sad, but I have a knot in my stomach. That's a feeling. Mm-hmm. I have an emotion of fear, but I have, you know, uh, my jaw feels tight. That's a feeling. But some of those are pleasurable and some of them are or not. And it's always about a need being met when all my needs are met. I feel comfortable
1: mm.
2: when none of my needs are met. I feel miserable. Um, and so if you ask yourself that when you have a feeling that's uncomfortable is what do I need right now? And then give yourself whatever it is you need, or, you know, it's your responsibility. It's not someone else's responsibility to meet your needs. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to meet my needs. So I think that the way that plays into the law of attraction is that when we get into a place where we're consistently creating experience in our life where our emotions are uncomfortable, (laughs) we generally just keep creating more of that because we keep telling stories that line up with that energy, like those grandfather pendulums, right? And then we just get more of the same. And so it's important to to realize that we can use it as a tool and say, oh, I'm feeling really sad. Why am I sad? What am I sad about? What need do I have that's not getting met? And then go down that road to try to get that need met, to, to get your vibration to change, your energy, emotion, feelings to change.
0: So there we just got a, an in-depth look at what it's like. actually <laughs> Do a session. That's kind of like what you do in a session, isn't it, when you're working with somebody. You, you, you're going oh, through uh, these yeah. concepts and helping people understand them.
1: right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's pretty cool. Hey, everybody got a free (laughs) session. How about that? (laughs) So anyway, before we finish up for the day, I want to just uh, point out a couple of things. First of all, like I said at the top of the show, this is actually also being recorded for our regular podcast that we do five days a week. Cindy does the Wednesday podcast with me. I have others who do the Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday with me. And for the For people who are interested in hearing all the episodes that we do there's a very very easy way we we actually i'm very proud of this this year we came out with an app for both the iPhone and for Android phones that so you can download. You can go right to the app store on your iPhone or to the Play Store on your Android phone and just do a search for l o a today It actually comes up l o a today podcast player i think um, and then install it it's free it doesn't cost you anything and it will give you all of the most 25, 25 most recent episodes right there to play instantly. Uh, it also has a goodies section, as we like to call it, that includes little extras, you know, little value ads. Uh, not like you pay for the thing in the first place. It's all free, but you get these value ads. And one of the value ads comes from Cindy Chavez. She wrote an ebook a few years back called The Lovely Magician's Guide to Soulmate Success. And tell me again what the subtitle is. I forget that.
2: It's using the law of attraction to prepare yourself. For,
1: to be ready for a soulmate
0: relationship. That's what it is. Okay, right. So that's built right in. It's free, and you can read more about uh, what Cindy teaches to people who are trying to uh, deal with um, intimate relationships, you know, personal relationships with a mate. Um, also, we have other... Ebooks and audio courses in there. There's one from Daniel Mangana who does the Thursday show with me, uh, called "The Money Game." It's it's uh, kind of kind of similar to the Pam Grout books that uh, that Cindy was talking about a few minutes ago, in that it actually just kind of walks you through steps to learn how to just attract money out of thin air. Not that all money has to come that way. Obviously, we we earn livings, and and that's also. Uh, part of law of attraction. The law of attraction plays a major role in that too. But this is just a way to kind of build up your your belief system that this stuff can actually work. Um there's also an audio book that that he created called Beyond Intention. Really, really good. If you like rabbit holes, there's a great rabbit hole book right there. <laughs> I'll tell you that one. Um, our Friday one of my Friday co-hosts, Linda Armstrong, submitted a video course to the app called High Vibe Living. It's a series of YouTube videos that teaches basically how to get yourself into a a high vibe or a good feeling place so that you can attract more stuff because we didn't really get into it in great depth here, but uh, emotion plays a big role in that. So there's a whole bunch of freebies there. So take advantage of that and uh, download the LOA Today app and uh, tune in. Um, So hopefully this is going to be the first in many uh, future shows, but uh, for the moment, I'll just have to say thank you, Cindy, for helping to introduce the local audience to the law of attraction.
2: Well, thanks for having me. I always, always have a good time.
0: And I certainly do too. So thanks for tuning in. And uh, to all of our regular listeners, hey, we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. everybody.